0: Justin, back in action. He is back. Man, have I missed you, brother. This is good. This is good. I mean, we've been in contact, but you know what I mean? Well, first of all,
1: the elephant in the room.
0: I am Kevin. Second of all, the elephant in the room. Yes, I do know of what's going on with Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I have spoken about it on an earlier pod. Nothing that happened this week surprised me. I assume that things will get worse before they get better is I don't think that whatever happened since 2000 is all that's happened, and what we've heard of the four people is not the limit. I would think that Vince probably should step down for his own good in that he may have legal issues popping up here in the near future, and stepping away and trying to deal with that would be uh, advantageous. I think the company would be better off with him stepping away. I know that it is his. He leans into trying to fight. Yeah. And it's been business as mu- usual this week, and supposedly, and uh, supposedly after the first set of accusations, he or the first accusation in the Wall Street Journal, he got backstage after going out there and yelled "fuck him." I don't know if I should say that loudly, but, you know, F him. He yelled F him. Okay.
1: Correct
0: quote. Yeah. Now, we'll deal with the – you got anything to add with that?
1: I mean, we don't know enough, and I'm not going to – you know, we all sit here and play armchair detective about who might have done what. But, you know, I'm not going to throw anybody's name out there and say, oh, it's – this person because we don't know and I don't you know it's not cool to throw people's names into stuff without some evidence or something you know or even if they need, they even want to be involved in this at this point you know
0: correct this is a thing you know when you're when, when accusations of improprieties occur and there was a contract signed to where someone did not want to, to or maybe coerced we'll throw that out there but It is entirely possible that whomever is involved in this does not want to be Mm -hmm. publicly drugged through the mud on all of this. There is a long history of ruining accusers' lives. Yeah. And no matter what, even if a a lawyer team doesn't do that, TMZ is going to try. Yeah. Every little dirt sheet out there that does wrestling news is going to try. And find out anything they can about this person. And I don't know that that's fair either. No. So.
1: Nothing of their autonomy and ability to, you know, make choices taken away by a situation for a bunch of other people to add on to it.
0: That have nothing to do with it and don't know what happened. Nope. Okay. So, yeah, I I think Vince should step away. Let's be honest, though. Even without all of this, I've thought for a while there were the pieces in place that Vince could step away and things would run fine.
1: Well, even if you just look back at all the stuff we know is true. Yeah, not the NBA stuff. Not any. We don't have any, need any of that. If you actually did a biography... you know, they canceled the biography or whatever they were going to do of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, the docu series or something Netflix was going to do, I guess. Cancel that. But uh, if you just reported the stuff that was known to the public in the current format, he'd be gone.
0: Well, I have a book that I'm reading right now. I'm about 300 pages into a 400-page book called We Promise You a Great Main Event, The Unauthorized WWE History by Bill Hanstock. I've gotten to the Montreal Screwjob, and it's a lot, man. I mean, it's it's a lot. And you can understand why, uh, see... Netflix probably thought we'll let WWE produce a fluff piece on Vince. Then all the stuff comes out and they go, well, you know what? If there's a documentary on Vince, it doesn't need to be a fluff piece. Mm -hmm. And so they stepped away because they didn't want to become, I guess, propaganda. I would think they didn't want to become. And also just their company smart enough to know this ain't nothing they need to be in the middle of. Right. So we're going to get to the other stuff about the about AEW and WWE after this. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear, and peaking with RoboCop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. Okay, I'm Kevin. Uh, K.P., Justin's with me. We just talked a little bit about Ken, uh, Vincent Kennedy, and now we're going to dive into a little bit of around the world. We'll probably focus on AW first, and then we'll move into some SmackDown Raw. Uh, I don't want to mess with NXT this week, although they did have a bash that I thought went off well, but I'm going to try to bring in Crossbones and his partner, Blake Beretta, who was made some attempts to get into developmental down there at NXT. And he has a lot to say about the Logan Pauls of the world and <laughs> and the NIL deals and all of that. And I do want to give, I want to kind of talk about NXT in that light next week. And so we'll try to get into that. And if you would join us with that next week, please do. <laughs> I'm watching WWE TV and then I watch AEW TV. And like I said, I've been reading that book. I was slapped upside the head as I'm watching and thinking how completely different these products are, and we've talked about that a little bit in the past, but I don't think since Vince was doing or Stanford, Connecticut, New York was doing Doink the Clown, Bastion Booger, uh, the Repo Man, and you had the Southern version where you had guys promo, fight, promo, fight, Back, you know, everything was talk to more fight, real. talk to fight, right? And the Southern way was the way I enjoyed the most when I was younger. And then I, I, I moved It was funny because as WWE became more and more popular with people around me and with just in general, I didn't like it as much. Mm-hmm. And then because of the fact that the Ric Flair's, the Arn Anderson's, the Tully's, all Dusty's, all these guys seemed more real. Than what we were getting in the WWE, I, I like the production uh, as always, but or do you? I'm am assuming you're you're a Southern guy. You were the same way, probably. Yes. No, that was more my style. Right. As Nitro came around, you had the the splitting up of the Click and Hall and Nash coming down. They became as soon as Vince figured out that I have to go with Austin, I have to go with The Rock, I, I can't go with Brett Sean and Hunter have to be kind of the forefront of what we're doing. Although I will say that people underrate Brett's Canadian heel stuff. Oh, dude. That stuff's great, man. It was fascinating when they would tour Canada and you would have one set of crowd reactions and then they would tour the States and you would have another. But when you had Sean at first, I really started to gravitate more towards what New York was doing than what Atlanta was doing because Hogan even though he was being Hogan when he turned into this Hollywood personality, it was more like the person. The heel. The, the real Hogan. Correct. I gravitated towards the better wrestler who was Sean, the better matches that I thought were going on because you had the great matches at the beginning of these WCW cards and programs but the, the main events were your Pipers and Hogan's, your Warriors and Hogan's and yes, that kind of thing. So and the difference in the way they were programmed was was more similar at that point than you know, like Vince was taking what WCW was doing and making it better.
1: Yeah, he, so, that was always
0: his best move. Right. So they were similar at that point, but the, the, the time period we we're talking about earlier, that was where there was a vast difference. And right now, we're back to a vast difference. The most watched television show in wrestling is SmackDown, and they don't. Sometimes they'll do fifteen minutes of wrestling, mm-hmm. and I don't hate it. I mean, Roman. It takes Roman thirty minutes to come out there and have Paul basically say, which was this week. You know, putting Brock Lesnar down for three seconds is a lot different than putting him down for ten. And it was mm-hmm. fantastic. The whole way it was done. Did you like it? Oh, dude,
1: it's Paul Heyman, man. He can fight better than anybody else. But I will say this. It was 13, 16, 17 minutes in the show and all that stuff was over with.
0: And then you had the Usos later on, and even that was, you know, we talked. they probably talked longer than the match with Los Lotharios. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the, the Lacey Evans thing that was supposed to be a match was just a promo and a right cross to Aaliyah, who I'm going to leave mark, but they definitely utilized her to, as a sympathetic figure, to get heels over. Yeah. I love that
1: they spent how many months on this Lacey Evans?
0: That's... But- that's the thing, dude. Is and I was gonna say this for later, but and we'll go into theory now too. If you don't like what the WWE is doing, and they still want to give it a shot, they will just pipe in sound and think they can fool the audience. Yes, correct. Or yeah. or this thing with theory where they they know you're supposed to hate him, and so they just keep rolling with it, even though they do Nobody knows for sure if it's Go Home Heat or or wrestling heat, right? Lacey Evans, they they spent all this time, they pumped in, they piped in sound to make people think that they liked her. And then, lo and behold, today they just pivot. And I think it was the right move. I think this was what she should have been. It was just a tweak off the Southern Belle character to where we brought out the fact that she was a, as she said on last week's program or the week before, she was a championship amateur wrestler in Florida. She was a Marine she, you know, the the right the woman's right. I don't love the move into a punch taking somebody out. Probably works, but it, it doesn't look great. It just it, it's just counter to every other right cross we see in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like it'd be different if anybody else ever fell down from a punch.
1: Yes, art <laughs> punch.
0: Yes, yes, my man.
1: Me, Mark Callis.
0: No, I was going to talk about Tommy Madden. Uh, He was a character I used to work with, folks, and he was a wonderful man. And uh, he he would tell me that that was real, that uh, Ox, whatever, killed a man with it. And uh, (laughs) anyway, moving back to this. So you have that, right? They just quickly pivot. And I think it's where they needed to be, but it's odd that they did that after, like you said, months of and all these vignettes and all this stuff. Of telling this story, and then really all they needed was a slight tweak of what they already had, and that's the thing with the, like with theory, right? Nobody was okay with him getting that money in the bank. Nobody liked that. Vince McMahon liked that. Right, but you want to tell you another, and you you may you may think I'm wrong on this. There was a time when The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin were wrestling this little tool that nobody liked, and it was for the undisputed championship and the first undisputed champion was somebody nobody thought needed to be there. He had been doing a 1001 holds. 1004 holds, Kevin. Promo. Yeah, where he's reading off a piece of paper. He, he at WCW Television, this we're talking about the the legendary Chris Jericho at this point. And when he was on WCW, he literally would just say, oh, they don't have anything for me, and just beg Eric to let him go do anything on TV for even 30 seconds. And then he gets this job, and basically, I honestly believe that Vince did this with Jericho out of spite to to prove he could make anybody a star. You know, he signs Jericho. There was no reason to think that was a big signing. They put him opposite Rock. They let the Rock belittle him. It worked. And then we we have this match, and suddenly he goes over as the undisputed champion, and he's a made man, and it's so odd. There was you know the Miz is a case of nobody understood how he could main event a WrestleMania, but he did, and it worked. And the whole thing, and I, I'm still a little a little irritated by the fact that I was at that one in Atlanta, and I enjoyed that WrestleMania, but it was the whole WrestleMania was a promo to set up the next WrestleMania. Yes, with seen and Rock, but after that was over, Mrs. a made man.
1: How much does does Austin Theory look like uh, ruthless aggression when he comes out?
0: I'm not going to say I don't see Theory as a star because I believe he can be a star. I believe he is a fantastic wrestler, and World class. huh? World class, amazing. At, mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's great. People don't get how hard it is to speak in public, and he is out there doing a very good job with whatever they hand him. And I'll tell you who else does it. Eli Drake.
1: Dude, Matt, Max Dupree? What do you think about that? I think that's, that's just the crap. That's just terrible.
0: And yet, do you doubt the, the idea that in some way, somehow, Max is fully invested in this because he knows it's his way of being on TV? Oh, no. And there is a possibility of it pivoting into something else, even though this is trash.
1: Yes, because he's so good. Right. It's a Funkasaurus situation, man. Right. You've put a dude for no reason, and I guarantee you there's no good reason for this.
0: Yeah. I think he looks at Eli and says he's a little too old to be an up-and-coming wrestler, and that's all this is. He's a really good talker. He's a little too old to be an upcoming wrestler, so I'm gonna stick him in this scenario. And I still think he winds up eventually getting his way back into the ring because he's a very good wrestler.
1: Oh yeah, he is. He tells stories in the ring as good as anybody you'll ever
0: see. Yeah, he's very he's very good. He he is a in the hunter in the yes. in the hunter Rick Rude mold of being able to do it without having to go to the top rope, although he's more athletic than you would think. Now let's go just dive into this AEW shows. What you were saying about AEW and the way they booked their shows, comparatively speaking, like I'm saying, we did all this talking in these other and Raw is a little bit of a mixture between SmackDown and whatever you get with Dynamite, and that there's a lot more wrestling on Raw, yeah. but um, and I think Raw is the better show right this second. But if we go to the AEW, what were you, what were you saying about the differences between the shows? Oh, it,
1: that it reminds me, AEW right now kind of reminds me of when. WCW was at its best as far as what it was offering and how I liked it, which was you got a variety of different kinds of matches. You got, I had a luchador match. I had you know, straight up. You had Rouge and you had Penta, and that's as good as lucha as you're going to see. Mm-hmm. You had straight wrestling matches. You had gimmick matches. You had, you know, you had everything around the corner. You right. had some good talking but you had hey you had a female match too so it was a lot of things thrown at you
0: right well i think that to me when i have an issue with tony and what he did you know you have the best aspects of nitro like you said the buffet of wrestling without hogan and nash and hall yes at the top dictating what's going on and i do think there was a little bit of time there where jericho felt like he was getting the hogan treatment in some ways he was getting to where now he still is getting a lot more time than i think than i would personally do but with him being in this thing with kingston i don't hate it quite as much now i did like the uh blood and guts match last week i thought that was well done I i think uh Cesaro, Cesaro, Claudio is is in a great spot there. But my issue with Tony tends to be about the actual booking of the match, like who goes over or why did we get a smudge here? Like for example, we go into you mentioned Penta Rouge. I knew when they walked out there, we were going to get Penta's mask ripped off, some mm-hmm. form of okay, and I was like, I think Rouge is the kind of performer. Where we could have had four matches with other people before we got to Penta, and if he went over clean with Penta in a 15 minute match, that'd be okay.
1: I think that, I think you're right there. I think Tony still hadn't learned the art of the slow burn for a lot of stuff yet. He jumps to stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he jumps to the, and that's the plan, problem WWE has for me too, because you'll end up with four matches between him and Penta. Or,
0: or some yeah. form of that. Penta, Penta's brother, or something, you know.
1: Instead of getting to see Roosh really show out and sh- really establish himself as a character, and then
0: move into this with Penta and Yeah, this first program with Penta could have been a half a year because <laughs> you could have had you could have had them yelling at each other, dancing around each other as they wrestled other people and then that. But the problem for Tony is he's got way too much talent for the two for the two three hours he's got of TV. Yeah, he does. And so he blows through these programs quickly. It's one thing if they would have pulled the mask, which I'm frustrated with the fact that we constantly get masks pulling because I just keep thinking, why didn't Penta just tie it? Penta and his brothers should just, you know, tie each other's masks on and they're good, right? They can never lose again. But this one, you have mask pull, Shinsuke AJ Yambag Superdome special, and a roll up. In order to get the pin, and moving into like like you're talking about going through things quickly, pair up Max Caster, Bowen, the the ass boys, and and their dad Billy Ass. And I didn't say Billy Who's an ass, by the way. I just said Billy Ass. <laughs> you pair these guys up, and they were together just long enough to get over, and then you split them apart.
1: Well, yeah, just long enough for uh, what's Bowen's to get well.
0: Right. Well, I'll tell you this though. I did like the program. Oh yeah, and I like where we're at because I feel like the Gun Boys are very, very good, and yet they haven't been taken seriously, and all of a sudden they are. Yeah. So I think this little abbreviated microwave program worked.
1: And it gives the acclaim. You're going to turn the acclaim because everybody, those dudes are too right now. People want to cheer for them, right? So you need to let them cheer for them. They're fun caster's hilarious. Dude, Bowen's energy is, man, they're fun to watch.
0: The program, now. I hope they keep together Nyla and uh, Shafir.
1: I like that. I like that team up.
0: I have never thought Shafir had personality, and for whatever reason, I really like what she's doing right now with Nyla, and it probably has to do with Nyla more than her, but we're seeing aspects of her we haven't seen before. They're formidable. I didn't love the fact that Again, it's simple. I don't mind Tony and Rosa going over. It was just this intimidating team kind of got punked out. Yes. And they didn't get punked out by both of them. Storm kind of punked them both out. Yes. And and that's just – but, again, that's a personal preference thing. That's not something worth worrying about too much. Constantly. I did like the fact that we had – Mox is so good, and he is – to me, he is the best suited to be their world champion. Yes, right, because he does give it. It isn't. It's hard to say bare bones when you see something that is that big of a production that has fire and all this other stuff, and you do have, uh-huh. you do have your Miro speaking of God and being the soldier against uh, not Alistair Malachi, uh-huh. and you have these mystical aspects of it, but they still aren't. They're still doing the. Missed stuff as a mystical. It's not quite like WWE, they might actually have something float around the ring. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> He's not, you know, everybody knows it's a joke when Chris Jericho's telling everybody, because I'm a wizard. Right. You know, because I flash paper, obviously. But, you know. Yeah. Everybody knows Malachi Black is not insinuating that he has actual powers, you know. <laughs> but, uh. Right. Right. King, dude, I think that dude is uh, Boy he, he's got a look
0: I felt like Mox did a great job Of talking up this fight I thought the match was booked Absolutely perfectly in that You had yeah. You had dude. Moxley fighting the bigger dude And he kept going to the chokehold Because he was trying to wear the man down And he took the beating He was the Waffle House Steak yeah. Tough guy Mox was the whole time And yet eventually he manages to pull that neck to get to get him in that bulldog choke and pull that neck back and put him to sleep. And I thought it was perfectly told in that, you know, King is formidable going forward against everybody he fights. Yes, it was so well done. And I I have a question for you later about Mox and somebody else and wrestler of the year. And, but right now, to me, Mox is in a two-man conversation for Wrestler of the Year. And it's funny because if Punk is healthy, I don't know that anybody in this company is up for Wrestler of the Year. Uh-huh. If Daniel Bryan's healthy, maybe, maybe he is up for it. Because he was having some really good bangers, right? But I feel like the show has gotten a little better with all the I injuries.
1: I do, too. Tightened everything up. Made them, made them use the guys that are, at, you know, that are there twenty four seven.
0: Right. What do you think about Wardlow? Are they, are they booking themselves into a fiendish corner?
1: A little bit. I mean, he's like he's he's slapped around like
0: small armies.
1: A whole faction of MMA fighters this week.
0: Right. See, that's my thing. It's Goldbergish, right? And if you remember, Kevin Nash was talking about how. Nash has a he's I love Kevin Nash, I, I liked him when he wrestled. I thought he was funny, and as a tag team, people don't give the outsiders credit, but Nash is given the credit or whatever you want to call it for the cattle prod on Goldberg to end the streak. Uh. Uh-huh. And one time replying to that, he said, "Look, man, they handed me a scenario, and I didn't know what." I, I just did the best I could. Basically, I think what he's saying is Goldberg wasn't going to allow me or all of the New World Order to pin him clean. Like, yeah. I could have gone out there and seven or eight people could have come in the way, whatever. Goldberg wasn't going to allow that. Parameters he didn't want to do and Kevin was handed a situation where basically, okay, well, if I, if, if I can't beat you up and if me and Scott Steiner and Scott Hall can't beat you up, then I'll just hit you with something that would kill anybody and We'll call it a day, and that was where the cattle yeah. prod then came from. And with Wardlow, here we are. How does he lose now? Yeah, I almost feel like they need to, in one of these matches, have somebody put him in a, in a in a small package and have him have trouble getting out of it, even if he does get out of it. Yeah, just so we just to give us a hint of what could possibly end this reign. Right, and I loved all of this Wardlow stuff till about two weeks before MJF got beat. And then, it, and then all of a sudden, it was kind of a rinse and repeat thing. I, I'm, I'm like, they're, they're booking him just like just like Batista. Awesome. Yeah. And then I'm like, mm, it's turned into Bill Goldberg. It's a fine line to walk, man. It is. It, it, re- 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 I do not envy bookers. I, you know, we fantasy book all the time, but it is a hard fine line to walk on all the stuff. Like, Thunder Rosa was the most overwoman in the company. People were tired of Britt. She gets the belt in it. And even though she's done nothing wrong, it doesn't feel spectacular. Nope. And Jade Cargill, on the other hand, is is having pretty good matches, and she's getting better. And I guess that's a funny thing about pro wrestling is that sometimes we go and we They're think, what? Too. what?
1: They're backing themselves into a corner with her, though, too.
0: But her matches are more competitive.
1: They are getting there. They're starting to figure that out, I think. They're like, man, we've got to start showing something, a chink in the armor, or at some point, we're going to be really in a bad shape and have nobody. No, not really.
0: Well, I mean, they're about to have Sasha and Naomi, if you believe the dirt sheets.
1: Well, hey, you talk about Sasha Banks could freaking make her name really big, too, if she came out and said something like, hey, you see how the head of this company treats women. You wonder why I
0: left? If Sasha, because this is the way I look at AEW, because of the fact that their work, their employees are allowed to work at indie shows. If Sasha wants to be a full-time pro wrestler, AEW is going to frustrate her a great deal. She is not going to be cool with three-minute segments. She's not going to be cool with, with six-minute matches. On SmackDown, she was given almost the same amount of time as a Roman. And given Uh pretty much the same amount of time as Becky and Seth and people like that, she will not be getting 20 minutes on a show on AEW, and that will be frustrating for her. If she wants a part-time job as she chases Hollywood, I think it is perfect for her because she can wrestle every couple of weeks. They could do something in the light of The Rock where he does a little bitty two-minute promos while he's on the set here, on the set there, things like that. I honestly think that would work, and I think that would be great for her. If she does sign, I would have, this is what I would do, fantasy book, I'd have Thunder Rosa say, I'll fight anybody. Mm -hmm. Open challenge. And I would have Sasha come out, and because Rampage, because Rampage is having a little trouble with ratings, I would have Sasha come out on Dynamite and say, look, me, you, Iron Man match Friday. What brought Sasha to the dance was the Iron Man match with Bayley. Yep. And I would have her do that with Thunder Rosa. It would showcase Rosa in a way she hasn't been showcased. She would be better off after losing that match than she was before having the, even having the belt. Yeah. And, and you would give everybody a reason that complains about WWE ex-WWE employees dominating AEW because once you see Sasha... Once you see Sasha kill it in a 30-minute match, you will shut up about whether or not she should be your champ. I I mean, what do you think about Christian Cage? Oh, dude, I'm
1: going to say this right now. Bad, bad guys have to do bad things for you to be to be villains. There's a difference between being a cool anti-hero and being a villain, and Christian Cage gets that difference. Mm-hmm. And a, People do not. They want to be cool antiheroes. They don't want to be a bad guy. Right. He is doing a bad
0: guy. Once MJF left, and I don't know if this was on purpose, but once MJF has left and not come back, they had lost every real heel because he was it. Jericho, Jericho's a wizard. Jericho yeah. on commentary is not commentating like he's a heel. No. Yeah. Right, but he's supposed to be the biggest heel in the company MJF leaving took away the real heel Christian is filling that void until MJF comes back and probably after and I don't like the fact that people compared what WWE did with Jeff and Sheamus to this because you and I had said if Jeff's okay with this I guess I gotta be okay with it too Right? In hindsight, it might not have been the right move. <laughs> in hindsight, having him wrestle Sheamus in a bar was probably not the right move.
1: Dude, but here's my thing, man. You know as well as I do, that's not what made Jeff Hardy relapse.
0: Oh, I, 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 100%. 100% I agree with you on that. He's
1: going and playing bar shows.
0: Mm hmm. Yes.
1: He knows what he's doing.
0: Yes. He he, he, immer- he immerses himself in that environment.
1: Every person in addiction will know this saying, if you keep going to the barbershop, sooner or later you're going to get a haircut.
0: Right. I used to hang out with a guy uh, from Mississippi, and he had a saying that was similar to that one. And he would say, well, Kevin, you, you know, you can't stay in the kitchen and not call yourself a cook. Yeah. You know, and, and you and I have, you know, you being a counselor and me being a, a, an addict, We understand a little bit of these things. Obviously, every individual is different.
1: Oh, of course, everybody's. And
0: and so, yeah, and so, but going back to this, I don't think it's fair to compare the two. I don't think that Christian saying what he said should affect Jeff in any any way. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure they. I'm sure it was discussed. Before they walked out there.
1: Oh, no, there's no way he said that to Matt without him killing it with Matt first.
0: Right. And I do think, too, that they did a lot of what he said has been said about Matt on online anyway. hmm And I wouldn't be surprised if Matt may not have come up with the idea, but once it was brought up, somewhere Matt might be thinking, you know, this might be a way for me to get to address some of these issues. Uh-huh. You know, if you call me these things that everybody else is calling me, then I can retort with, you know, maybe there's some legitimacy in that, which is what he did. Maybe there is some legitimacy in that, and I'm really sorry about that, and maybe I'm paying for my sins. Yeah, you know, and 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 then of course I love, I love what Christians doing. I'm always been a Christian, Mark. I um, I think that's a really good part of the show. Now, what did you think overall about? What they did this week in AEW.
1: I thought it was a good show overall. I thought it was, you know, there were some up and down moments to it, like there are any show, but it was quick hitting. You didn't have a lot of lag.
0: I thought it was fun. I totally agree, man. Hey, quickly, I, I, I thought that Eddie Kingston, and can you say that guy's name? Which one? It's going to sound like take a poop if I say it. Hey, he was fantastic. That was a great match. Eddie is in a position where he can wrestle 50-50 matches with everybody and win or lose based on whether or not he hits that spinning back fist. And even to the point now where he can kind of do the Shawn Michaels super kick fall on him and finish the match like that, then he can get up, win or lose, and say, I'm going to do the same thing with the next guy that comes down the pike. I thought... My match of the week this week was Mox and Brody. My second was this Eddie Kingston match, and I wasn't surprised at that at all when I saw it. And even though I don't know much about him, I'd seen that other guy work a little bit here and there. Yeah. And so I thought, oh, you know what? This is going to work. And I thought it did work in, in a very high level. Now sliding into... You are listening to Go Home Heat wrestling podcast check out our friends at the ginn project the ginn project.com check out our friends at the daily smart your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling and now back to go home heat one thing i will say about wwe is they do give their women a little bit more time than what aew does and i felt like they dove in here with we discussed theory earlier. You know, theory is going to be circling Roman just like he did in the ring for a while now. It really reeks of Jericho when I see that last man standing on the horizon and I see a Lesnar and a Roman. And I think, man, I don't want it to happen, but I could see events saying. This is crazy, but Theory is going to be the guy to pin Roman, and it's going to be on some shenanigans where he cashes in, and that way Roman isn't really hurt because he didn't get beat by somebody on his level. He got beat by a scenario. Is that terrifying? I can see that being the
1: idea, and I'm going to say right now, that is terrible. That is stealing from fans who invested two years now? In this Roman epic story that you've given me, and to have it in like that is like the Robert uh, Robert Frost poem, this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends, this is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but a whimper. <laughs>
0: Excellent. Excellent. Okay, now let's dive in. Okay, Liv is your champ. And I thought it was fantastic storytelling there in a one night microwave. You know, you had her go over and then go out, and it was. I didn't mind the promo on Raw. I heard people complain about it, and I'm like, what is she supposed to do right now? She needs to go out there and be uber baby face and completely happy. Yes. And she needs to take on all comers. And we'll get to that in a minute. I thought the tag team match with Natty and Mella. Made perfect sense. I didn't hate it because at the end, you have Liv hit her finish. You have Bianca hug her because she's actually going to the other show. Yeah, And so it was a good luck on your venture style of thing. a, a, a Bon voyage. But I did think it was weird when you went to SmackDown chasing this character. Liv has Natty interrupt and then Ronda comes out and for no reason beats Natty with a bad leg.
1: Well, you got to give – I mean, because you you heard, of course, that Ronda insisted that Liv gets the belt.
0: Sure. Great. I I think that's wonderful.
1: I think that's wonderful. It could have happened. I don't know. She is the female Cody Rhodes is what I've heard.
0: (laughs) Dude, that was crazy because to me, why not just have Liv wrestle Natty? I mean, it's a big enough match. Ronda versus Liv is big enough. I didn't have to see Ronda. I could have read Ronda will be back for Smack for SummerSlam. That would have been good. I didn't need anything else. Yeah. If she wanted to do a congrats vignette, I'll get you in a month. Awesome. What we're doing here when we're getting eighteen minutes of wrestling on a show to have three of it be Ronda limping around and, and tapping out? And, come on, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: let Liv beat Natty. That way, it solidifies that she at least can beat the challenger. Right. For the best.
0: Right. Now, diving back into and one thing about the Roman thing, and I think uh, uh, I'll make it kind of clear talking about a totally different situation. And with Ronda, too, Ronda has limited amount of dates she does. Yeah. But again, why did we waste this date? Right. But whether or not Ronda beats Liv at SummerSlam will probably depend on whether or not she wants to work post SummerSlam. And if she you know if she doesn't want to work post SummerSlam, Charlotte probably comes out at SummerSlam, distracts, we get the live the live springboard uh, stunner and we get a live Charlotte program following that. Now that's my guesses. Now with Roman, if theory goes and interrupts him at SummerSlam, it probably has to do with Roman taking some dates off in the fall, a time period which is famously not great for ratings anyway. Um, but if we go into this other thing injuries I think are forcing WWE's hands a little bit in this women's division because I think they wanted Rhea Ripley to be in a program from Money in the Bank to SummerSlam with Bianca and she's been hurt and I think the reason why Becky's uh, downward spiral stops in what was a fantastic match between her and Asuka they don't miss when they wrestle each other was the fact that they don't know who they have for SummerSlam if Rhea's not ready. And so suddenly, Becky's spiral can't continue because we may need the heel Becky to jump back into this at a moment's notice. I think that's why Mella jumped Bianca post match. Because again, they don't know for sure if they have their SummerSlam match because the one they want is hurt. Yep. You know, so I think they're in a little weird bit of a thing right there. And I don't hate them doing that. I wanted Oscar to go over just because I was kind of enjoying Becky's slide Mad. toward slide towards madness, right? Again though with with Sasha and it sucks because the women's tag team division just went away with them leaving.
1: It did kill it because it took half the tag team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough, but I do think that they have, even with Rhea out, they have streamlined things, and the women are still getting a, a, a significant amount of television time, and the programs are working. I, I don't I don't hate what they're doing in the women's division. We slide over to the men's division. Whether or not we get Gunther in a Shinsuke series, which I would love. I thought that happen? Mm-hmm. I thought Shinsuke and Bartholomew, both those minutes was good. That they wrestled, (laughs) all of them. Yeah, I felt like I loved, I loved the fact that Bartholomew kind of stepped up to be the Arn Anderson Tully Blanchard. You got to go through me to get to him type thing, or maybe actually I think Shinsuke called him out, but it was the same result. And then Gunther beating up him post match uh, Bartholomew post match, and not Shinsuke. I really enjoyed that that ruler by an iron fist. You know, so many times we see the cowardly ruler who isn't willing to go that far, and I don't think I don't, I don't think uh, a as a as a person in management, I don't want this to be misunderstood. I don't believe that's the way you should handle.
1: No, <laughs> a bad
0: guy in a bad
1: guy organization. Again, you're trying to come across as you
0: know. Right when Jay Uso stepped out of line. Roman put him back in line. Yeah. When Jimmy stepped out of line, Roman put him back in line. And that's what we've got with Gunther right here. Now if we get a program with Shinsuke and Gunther, I love it. If it ends before SummerSlam and we wind up with some form of Bobby Lashley versus Gunther for both belts, Mm. I love it. I love the idea of that fight. I think Lashley's somewhere around forty six or forty seven years old, and that guy is incredible. He's wrestling as good as he's ever done. He's figured out the mic. As we get into Sami Zayn, I like what he's doing with the... the. the you know, I can see him being the right. guest referee, right? Yeah. The Street Profits thing where you had the peculiar finish that allows us to kick that can down the road. I didn't hate it at all. I thought that was fine. I did... Okay, but here, we, you know, we're talking about the difference between the way you book these shows. Fourth of July show, you knew you were getting the obligatory fourth of july segments i thought that these did the, the backstage segments the talking segments between the lawyers and D- dan housing and all that on aew furthered storylines they worked they set up what was a great tony niece orange cassidy match they they, they introed keith lee and in, in Swerve, not intro, but allowed him to address his issues before they went and had the tag match. I thought all that worked. Here, I didn't think, I did, I thought that this stupid, silly barbecue worked. It, uh-huh. it set up, I, I, I don't love the fact that you have Otis throwing up in the ring. I could hear Vince screaming, he's gonna puke in the back of my head from the documentary. The Street Profits match, like I said, you have Lashley on one side, you have your, uh, great wrestlers you have austin you have otis it's they you know they have this good match it works the street profits look phenomenal dawkins is showing people he is not the weak link you can tell they've heard that i oh, yeah. I, I don't doubt that wwe has told both of them to talk about breaking up in public yes because that further clouds the SummerSlam match as you have Dawkins beginning to show out more and more, you could start thinking, well, maybe they are going to break him up. Yeah. And maybe they are. You know, Montez, all you have to do is see him gaining 10, 15 pounds every five weeks, and you realize he's, he's your solo superstar. But I'm going to tell you, man, I've said all along, Dawkins is being underrated. That move, that move where he hurdled Lashley and did the back flick over the top rope onto those guys was incredible. I have felt like for over a year the best hot tag in wrestling right now is Dawkins. Yeah, he is he is a flying refrigerator, and those don't come along as much as you think. Nope. And I love it. I love it. Now, I do what do you think about? Roman not Roman having both belts and not always being on TV. See, I, I still feel like Raw feels more focused without the heavyweight title in the picture.
1: Well that's just because they don't know how to book a heavyweight title. <laughs> so not because of their idea. they back themselves in their corner. They shouldn't have, we both know that the Roman thing should not have run this long. Now they've got to kick the can down the road to freaking WrestleMania when they get this if they've got the rock set up, or a year from now, two years from now, if they I don't know what they're gonna do. Unless they do what you said, which is the that horrible idea about you know, theory.
0: If you do the horrible idea about theory, the rock the rock in Roman doesn't have to be for the title. Your main event, one of the nights, can be Cody Rhodes versus Seth. As Seth comes out and robs Theory somewhere along the line, then you have Cody. You have Cody writing all the wrongs of wrestling history with the with the other royal family. As Vanessa Williams once said, I saved the best for last. Seth, Riddle have been wrestling each other at house shows. After the Raw went off the air, I believe Riddle beat Seth and, you know, Seth gets the ketchup sprayed on him at the barbecue, and he winds up wrestling Ezekiel, who is really Elias, who may be somebody else. I thought the match with Seth and Elias was great. I I, I thought that. I think Elias is a good worker anyway. And he's a great one. But the way, like, even when, when, uh, when Seth got military pressed outside of the ring and then thrown over the barricade, did you notice how he managed to jump and, like, land with his arms locked on Ezekiel's shoulder so that he could just, you know what I'm saying?
1: Freak, dude. He's freak athlete, man.
0: Well, and he gets it. Like, he understands what, it, what you need to do to make Zeke look great. Yes. It doesn't matter who he wrestles with. He makes them look good before he, like, and it's even better now because they let him have a flash stomp this week. Uh-huh. if they'll let him do that a little more see then he can get beat even more of the match Yeah, he literally doesn't have to get anything in and he can still get a stop and win
1: yeah it's fit, it's one hitter quitter
0: more importantly though as Zeke will wind up inevitably with Kevin Owens again Riddle is beating Seth at house shows right now Riddle is a focus and I think they have done a great I, I don't love I don't I didn't love Riddle until you rang the bell. I still don't. But if they were to make him a world champ, if he were to beat Roman, it wouldn't surprise me, and I wouldn't even call it a bad move.
1: No, uh uh-uh. Now, that one I can buy. That dude can beat anybody. It can make it look like he can do it. And I'll say this, too. I've impressed with Seth Rollins' professionalism. And probably Riddles, too, because you know those two had to sit down behind the scenes and have a conversation before they started working together and get on the same page as far as past stuff.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what happened, according to Seth. First day they were on set together, Riddle walked straight to him and said, hey, man, I'm sorry about what my wife said about your wife, and I should have stepped in and said something at that time, and I didn't. And Seth was like, where do you go? Like, how do you continue the anger from there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Riddle walked right up to him and dove on the sword. And, dude, Seth Rollins knows he's a fake fighter. Yeah. Seth Rollins knows Riddle's a real fighter. Yeah. So Riddle taking the initiative and in, and in throwing himself on the sword isn't out of fear. No. uh. Uh-uh. There's nothing Seth can do to Riddle if, if, if Riddle wants to say, you know what, I don't care.
1: As I was I I think I was in the wrong, or at least I know that to to work in this business and be professional, I've got to go, you know, either way, it shows a good character on Riddle's part as far as understanding the business. And it shows smarts on Seth Rollins' part to recognize, you know what, it's not worth it for me to be back and forth with a dude that I can, you know, that we can do, make a lot of money together, probably.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, because there's a story already told there. Now... Piggybacking on your Rollins professionalism and what I want to end this thing with is can Seth Rollins as he's losing house shows every weekend right now in each program he's been in can he be wrestler of the year with about a 13 winning percentage
1: I have no problem with that he's the best thing on WWE television by far by
0: far, He's putting on the best matches. Cody Rhodes coming in, immediately being inserted into the title picture would have felt dumb yeah. prior to the Seth Rollins feud. Because it would have felt like they're just doing this to get back at AEW. And now, and now even I, who
1: am, you know, you, you know what a huge Cody mark I am.
0: Right. Uh, right, you can be critical of him. We uh, all can. We all can.
1: Enjoy, I mean, the story they get to tell now mm-hmm. of him being injured, of that match, of the match series he put on with Seth, when he comes back, he is positioned to be the be- biggest baby face in WWE in, in a very, very, very long time. if, and I- if- out better than they could have imagined
0: if i was seth rollins i wouldn't have a problem with all the losing i'm doing my issue would be i got dominic mysterio to the point where you could really do something with him Yep. and he's kind of backstrided a little bit i handed you cesaro ready to be world champion after a feud You had him lose to Roman, come back down, lose to me, and then you put him right back where he started. I had Edge ready to be the world champ, and you didn't pull the trigger on it. I'm handing you world champs. I'm I'm taking mid-carters and making them upper mid-carters, and you're not elevating them beyond the point in which I've given you. That would be my frustration if I was set. I do,
1: because he's doing the work to make them the hero.
0: <clears throat> Not getting the shot, and and to some degree Becky, to some degree Becky did the same thing when she was the champ as a heel, and then also somewhat as the, she's going through this downward spiral. But at least there was a payoff with Liv. Yeah, she the story she told they they tell the story. I told you you'd be a world champ by the time I'm back. You weren't. You're nothing. Yeah. We do a feud. We have competitive matches. We go back and forth after I lose the belt. We, we we have interaction with one another. You win the money in the bank. You win the belt. You made my prophecy come true, even though I mocked it. Yes. Right? That's the st- character arc that we want. And yet right. it, it doesn't happen in the other division, although it feels like it may happen with Riddle. Yes. As this will be the last stage of Riddle. Evolution. Right, because he had the big match with Roman. But you knew he wasn't going to win. No,
1: it was Friday night, man.
0: Correct. Correct. And I I feel like SummerSlam has... Dude, I feel like SummerSlam is going to have a shot at match of the year with that one. But the only guy I think that has a shot at being... uh, I'll get back to SummerSlam in a second. The only guy I think has a shot at... Seth, as far as being Wrestler of the Year right now, is Mox. Yeah. And I think Mox has done the same thing, but by winning. Yes. But the other thing is, too, the guys Mox has made look good in matches, Tony has booked better posts that match. Yuta looks like a king right now. Yes. And that is because of a match he had with Mox. Uh-huh. That made him look great, and then they bring him into the faction, and then he rolls up the card and he gets this, uh, the Ring of Honor pure belt, yeah. you know. And so, I do, I like the merger they have over there with Ring of Honor. I think they need more TV time anyway. More belts is fine, they got a bunch of people. Yeah. Um, but going back to SummerSlam and to what is kind of a precursor to what we'll be talking about next week. The Logan Paul signing with The Miz. I think it's going to work. I think Logan Paul is a very good wrestler. Uh, it, it will be interesting. I heard him say, I've never had a boss before. So that's going to be tricky. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, one of the rumors I heard was that he, like, he's decided he wants to be a baby face. He wants to be cheered and everything. Nobody likes Logan Paul.
0: But see the WWE has this, Justin.
1: Yeah. Pipe in all you want
0: to. Logan Paul coming to the ring. He's Woo! the guy. He's the guy. Listen to the crowd. They love him.
1: Yes. Yes. Good lord.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is not loved. But I'll tell you this, and this is if something happens and Seth Rollins versus Riddle is average and they don't get the Bianca Ripley match that's the only caveat I have to say Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee could steal that SummerSlam
1: that's what I was about to say I'm glad you said that match because I was thinking if he says Logan Paul I'm like man the Pat McAfee is more likely
0: well I think Happy Corbin could do something similar with Logan Paul I like oh. the Miz yeah But ring the bell, there's a ceiling to what the Miz can do and it's not a low ceiling, but it's not match of the night. No. Not unless he's in there with you know somebody like Seth or Rey Mysterio or you know what I mean? He's gotta be in there with somebody that can go.
1: Yeah, Barry Corbin though can go.
0: (laughs) And they're both they're both hosses. They're both big boys.
1: Yeah, the Adam Cole, Pat McAfee match, go back and watch it. It'll make it'll make it made me a believer.
0: Right, and McAfee can do the aerial stuff as well. McAfee can, um, dude, I'm telling you, this has got a chance to be a really good SummerSlam.
1: It's sneaky. It's sneaky.
0: Right, and I do think, I want to go back to real quickly, I think that the differences between AEW and WWE are so vast, and yet we are still getting good programming out of them. I think there's more (laughs) eye rolls with WWE. I I do, and I, I do think, too, the core of Tony's booking is based on making the wrestling fan happy. Yeah. And the core of what Vince or Stanford or New York does is more of, I'm telling this story, and I'm going to tell it this way, and you don't get to decide where it goes. Now, eventually, they'll adjust things. You know, like New Day was okay, but eventually it becomes more as as it as it evolves over time. They did it a little quicker than that with this thing with Lacey. But yeah. but they do adjust eventually. But they will try to their way to the big time. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for giving me your time. No,
1: thank you so much for letting me get
0: back in it, man. I missed it. Glad to be back. Glad to be talked some wrestling. Yeah, yeah man. Okay. So for Justin for me for uh From EKP for The Game Project, Project V-G-I-N-N-Project.com. For our friends at Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. This has been a Go Home Heat production and Go Home.